Do you smell that? Come on. You, you smell it? Yeah, that's not just the smell of my Thistle Farms lavender candle, which I love. It's also the smell of freedom because that's what Thistle Farms gives to these survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. I love Thistle Farms. They're a neighbor here in Nashville, Tennessee. They're a partner of the Human Hope Podcast and their candles literally help create a safe space for healing for these women. Okay. Their products help fund their program called the Sanctuary. They help fund counseling and healing the women receive while they're in the program. And I I actually love going to their, they actually have like a restaurant slash coffee shop here in Nashville. When I walk in these survivors uh, and they really are survivors are back there making my vanilla oat milk grande latte and it tastes so good. They're a partner of this podcast. And I want to tell you guys, they've got candles from 20 bucks to 60 bucks. They've got gift sets. They've got all the things you guys need to give someone in your life a beautiful gift while giving hope to someone you don't even know. That's what the community is all about, human hope. So use the code human hope for 15% off at thistlefarms.org and let them know that Carlitos sent you. Put the needle on the record and the drum beat goes like this. Ah, uh, yeah, every time I listen to that, Dr. Delight coming in here makes you feel like a rapper. A rapper in his late 40s. That's fine. Hey, listen, Jay-Z's still rapping. He's 52. Yeah, yeah, Jay-Z is 52. Y'all probably didn't even know that. You're welcome. Don't ever say I never done nothing for you. Beyonce is married to a 52-year-old rapper. He's 52. Uh, he looks good. I mean, you know what they say, black don't crack. All right. We got some stuff in our skin that just makes it feel a little younger. You know what I'm saying? Ah. And speaking of younger skin, um, actually, there, there's no way to transition from whatever statement I just made into what I want to talk about on today's podcast. But I'm just so grateful you guys are here for another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. We are at episode 51. And I, no, not 51. What am I talking about? 41. We're at episode 41. And I am really excited about today's episode. Why is that? Well, let me, let me tell you. The, the first reason is because the guest... This guest is my favorite guest to ever appear on the podcast. It's me. It's me. I am my own favorite person. If you're not your own favorite person, there's some therapy that can happen that can maybe help you guys get to that place. I'm not saying I'm like my favorite human ever, but like I got to love myself. If you don't love yourself, like what good are you going to be for somebody else, right? So we got to get, let's get to the point where we love ourselves. Uh, I am going to be teaching on five ways that we can all, all of us, no matter what your skin tone is, your serotonin level is, what you identify as, what, and whatever it is, five ways that every single one of us can be a better ally. That's right. Ally. No matter what, we all have ways, every one of us. If you're a black person, if you're a white person, if you're an LGBTQ person, if you're a uh, person with uh, a different sort of ability, right? I don't want to say disability. You are very abled, okay? You all have ways that you can be an ally for somebody else. And I'm going to unpack what that looks like, okay? You know, the 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 term ally is is something that over the you know the last two years, people have definitely leaned into uh, and defined it. Uh, if, you, if you hear all that noise, that's my daughter loading the, thanks, <laughs> loading uh, the washing machine with clothes. 
Okay. I, I am I do not have a fancy studio. I'm in my basement. Um thanks, babe. So Hala, everyone say everyone say hi, so Hala. Um but listen, allyship. Okay. That word it, it's it's become like a hot word last couple of years. Why is that? Well, because everyone that feels some sort of empathy towards a cause would love to come alongside and join that cause. And so you become an ally, right? Well, we'll get to define ally, what that means in a second, but I'm going to give you guys and girls and five different ways that you can be a better ally today. And I, I just hope that this conversation propels you through this Christmas season. Oh, oh by the way, Merry Christmas almost, right? What do we got a week? 10 days, 10 days. I, I have a, a countdown on in my front lawn. Um, uh, it's what nine feet tall by four feet wide, huge piece of plywood that my wife has cut out. Uh, I don't know what 14 different numbers, one through zero, one through nine. And then it's like Wrigley field every day. I go up and I put up different, it says how many sleeps until Christmas, this many sleeps until Christmas. And I actually count it down like for my neighbors. Like it's, it's so fun. So it's Christmas day, 10 days to nine days. By the time you listen to the podcast, Till Christmas. So Merry Almost Christmas. We are going to lean into just a conversation with you and I today. It's been a minute. I've done a couple of these. I did one on anxiety. I did one on empathy. Uh, and you guys seem to like these. And I don't, and I'll be honest with you. It is a lot easier to do an interview than it is to create content like this. Because this is like writing a sermon, right? Like, like I, 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 I have to study I come up with things that I have seen and I, and I put it together. It just takes a little longer. So just know when it's just me, that actually means it's a little bit more work for this podcast to come out. I, I love to sit and let other people be the expert. Uh, but every once in a while, I come across something that I think, you know, I think I'm pretty good at this. And this is something that I think I am really good at because I have seen a, well, I mean, just my platform, which is like 85% white female. I have seen these 85% white females and the 15% males lean into being allies alongside me in ways that blow my mind. And I'm so grateful for the work and the energy that every single one of you um, have, have taken, you know, and you know, I, I need to let something that happened this week, um, maybe a good starting point in the conversation. Um, because sometimes I think, we can like judge other people and their situation that they're in. And a lot of times we can judge someone and maybe even think, well, they don't really need an ally as much as this people group needs an ally or, uh, you know, that people group. I mean, they, yeah, sure. Like, like they have some things rough, but they don't have it near as bad as the historical context of this people group. Right. We can start getting into the, this place where we become like the, the suffering Olympic judges, they are suffering a lot worse. They need all our attention. You guys quit asking for allies because you don't need it. No, like we all need an ally. Every single one of us need an ally. Every single people group needs an ally. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, <laughs> this may sound weird to say, but a couple episodes back, I had my friend Rob Centel on here. Remember my uh, white middle-aged conservative friend, Rob? And what, what I want friends, my, my white middle-aged conservative male friends to know is even you need an ally, right? Like, like the, the laws in this country, this country was made for you. 
It was made for you. They, they know that. I mean, nobody can say it wasn't, right? It was. That's not like a political statement. It just was. It is what it is. It was formed by you back in the 1700s. But that does not mean that you do not need an ally in different things. And so I want to be that ally for you. And I want you to be an ally for me. And I think we can be an ally for each other. We just don't need to be judging who needs an ally more. Uh, where, where this conversation came from uh, was quite interesting. Last Thursday evening here in Nashville, Tennessee, collectively as a community, we were all uh, just riding on a wave of PTSD. And, and what was that wave? Well, uh, rewind back to March of 2020. A lot of us went to bed that night. Um, I can't remember exactly what night it was, but we woke up to devastating tornadoes that had ripped through downtown Nashville and had created a path of chaos for miles and miles and miles. And uh, just, I mean, injured thousands of people, you know, millions of dollars of property damage, uh, homes destroyed. It was horrible. It was horrible. And we knew that there was a storm line coming towards us that had the potential of just as bad, if not worse tornadoes than we saw in March of 2020. So, you know, we're, we're, we're all watching the, you know, our news, weather, local, local weather people, Danielle Breezy. Now, listen, I don't, Danielle, I don't know if that's your real last name. Um, I, you know, I know that sometimes uh, weather people like change their names, which I think is kind of cool to be honest. like when I was in LA and lived in LA, there was a weather guy. Is he still there? His name's Dallas Storms. I mean, come on, that can't be your real, <laughs> it's real. Is that his real name? Uh, somebody let me know if, if Dallas Storms is his real name or not. But Danielle Breezy, I love it. And I, honestly, she is probably my favorite uh, weather anchor here in Nashville, Tennessee, after my friend Charlie Neese had retired. Charlie Neese was the greatest weatherman in the history of Nashville, Tennessee. He's now a realtor. Uh, he sold us his house. Thank you, Charlie. Um, but Danielle Breezy is on there and she she's looking like I'm about, she's about to stay up all night long, right? Like weather people, when it's time, a storm comes, they're not excited about the storm, but that means that they got to do their jobs. And she had been on the air for at least four hours straight by this point. It's midnight. She's like, the storm's going to roll in at two. And we're like everyone on Twitter. All my friends are texting each other. Hey, be ready. Be ready. Do you, do you have your safe place? Like we're, we're scared. And sure enough, like I'm like, okay, I see the line's going to come in around two 30. So I'm going to go to sleep for at least an hour and a half. Then I'm going to get up. So I go to sleep. Then I wake up at two and sure enough, we're about 25 minutes from the line hitting us. Now there's already been tornadoes spotted and tornadoes that have ravaged across Arkansas, Mississippi. Uh, it's, you know, it's been, it's been nuts. So I am awake. I go in the front yard. I like get my, make sure my inflatables are deflated. I put down some of the, you know, my, like my big countdown to Christmas decoration, all the things, making sure everything, nothing's going to fly, fly away, away in the storms. storms. And I come back inside. I wake up the kids wake up Heather and I'm like, Hey, it's game time. We have to be awake so we can get in our storm shelter. Now we've got a proper storm shelter, like in the basement, it's concrete slab, the three foot concrete slab on the, on top of us, concrete all around us. And a no F five hurricane even going to touch us in there. Right? Like, like we, we got a safe space. So sure enough, three, I guess it was like three, eight, three AM storm line hits. Things start pelting our windows and actually, this was probably one of the bigger storms that hit us very targeted, like our home. Uh, once big sticks started hitting our windows, 
Um, that's when I started stressing out a little bit. So I was like, it's time to go. Let's go. Let's get in the, let's get in the, in the shelter. So we, we all run downstairs as we're running downstairs, the power goes out, which isn't a big deal. Um, and we get in there and we're in there for about five minutes and we, we can still hear. So we're like, okay, no, no tornado has come. We come out, everything's dark. The storm line is passed. Uh, we walk outside to survey and it's a disaster. I mean, trees are down basketball hoops are strewn across the property. Um, you know, just, it's, it's just bad furniture's all over the place. So whatever we we're just grateful. And then we turn on the news and we see that there's like, it's the tornado hit Mayfield, Kentucky. Um, and it hit Mayfield, Kentucky, maybe 30 minutes after it hit us and absolutely destroyed Mayfield. You guys saw it. I don't need to re recap it. So there's all this gutting devastation in Mayfield. And, you know, we're just grateful that that didn't happen to us. But the next morning I was like, man, like it sucks to not have power. And then, so I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll put it, turn it on this afternoon. They didn't turn it on this afternoon. Oh, they'll turn it on by tonight. Well, they didn't turn it on that. And then it was going to get to 28 degrees that night and we didn't have power. So I'm like, people are like offering us to stay at their place. I was like, no, this could be like an adventure. So we, you know, still no power. I've got a generator. So I'm kind of powering the fridge so that our food doesn't spoil. And wake up the next morning, no power. It's like, man, okay. Head to church. Come back, no power. That evening, no power. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of having no power. So I got on Instagram and I was like, you know, like, like this, you know, maybe the first day was like, oh, wow, we don't have power. We got this. But now I'm, I'm just exhausted and, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. Well, sure enough, the second I posted that, I had a couple people, just a couple, reach out to me. And one person actually, and I quote, said they were disappointed in me because there's people that lost their lives and at least I'm alive. So now immediately I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. And I felt like the shame for declaring that I was suffering in any way, shape or form. Here's the truth. I did not have it near as bad as the people in Mayfield, Kentucky, but I had it as bad as I've had it in a storm. And so that's all I have to compare. And so what ended up happening is people began to judge my suffering based upon the suffering of the people in Mayfield, Kentucky. And this is what I would say. Well, guess what? People in Mayfield, Kentucky, at least they, they had a tornado in America. At least they actually, a lot of them have insurance in America where they can get their houses rebuilt. Guess what? There's some people that have had tornadoes ravage their lands in Indonesia and they ain't got no insurance. And guess what? There, more people have died there. And, oh, but guess what? The, the Indonesian people, there are some people, uh, I don't know, let, let's pick somewhere else that have had it even worse than them. And it's a never ending cycle of comparing suffering. And if you go down that path, if you go down that path, you will never, ever feel like you can align to be an ally with anybody because you will feel like for some reason, there's always going to be somebody that deserves allyship more, that's going to deserve empathy more, that's going to deserve your um, graciousness more. But I'm here to tell you that there are people whose lives look perfect right now that are in desperate need of you being an ally that are in desperate need of you coming around them. There are people in your life right now 
that I mean, they I'm telling you, it, they make a lot of money. They got private jets. They they I mean, I don't know if you know anyone that has a private jet, but what I you know what I'm saying. And these people may look like they've got it all together, but I promise you, they are in desperate need of being seen. They're in desperate need of an ally. They're in desperate need of somebody saying, you know what? Your suffering matters because I know that your suffering is all you know. And so let that be maybe the story that fuels us into, into realizing there are people all around us, no matter what it looks like on the outside, that are in need of us coming alongside them and joining their cause. Now, this, this allyship conversation, again, it has a lot, it's had a lot to do in the last few years with your black indigenous people of color in America needing allies. And 100%, I believe that is still the case, but I don't want it to stop there. I don't want it to stop to just, okay, just who are the black people, the indigenous people of color in my life that need me to come alongside and be an ally for them? Because I promise you there's way more people groups that need it too. So what I don't want to happen is this conversation to just be about that people group. I want it to be about any human group around you, around you that needs somebody to come in and be an ally. So that is what the conversation is going to head to. And uh, we're going to, we're going to hop into it. We're going to hop into it. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Before we hop into it, we're going to talk about one of our show sponsors, partners. Really, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I've talked about them for months and I'm still going to talk about them. I, I honestly only have partners on the show that I believe in it. And I believe every single one of us needs to be in some way, shape or form in therapy. I believe it is so important for us to not only take care of our bodies when we exercise, our bodies by going to the doctor with nutrition, but our minds by going to therapy. You don't just have to, you don't have to be broken to go to therapy. My wife and I still go to therapy 10 years after our trauma for tune-ups to make sure we're still good. And so I, I don't want you to live in the lie that you're weak if you go to therapy. You're not. So real quickly, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable. I promise you so much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So listen, give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And this podcast, you're going to get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com slash human hope. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. All right, friends, let's get right into it. First of all, I want to say thank you for being such an incredible ally for me this last year, really the last two years. <laughs> Can you believe that the beginning of 2020 was two years ago? That's insane. And I've watched you sacrifice, um, I mean, I've, I've watched you sacrifice so much. A lot of you have sacrificed reputation. You've sacrificed relationships to lock arms with me and show people that this world can become uh, an equal place for everybody. And I just want to say thank you. So th there's me saying thank you. And I, let, let's hop into the definition of an ally. And then I'm going to give you five, okay? Five ways that you can be a better ally. So- the first thing we need to do is define it and then we're going to hop into it. Let's define ally. An ally is someone that aligns with 
and supports a cause with another individual or group of people. Now, listen, I think there's a word in here that we can't miss. The word is and, okay? You're aligning with and supporting a cause with another individual or people group. You see, a lot of times people want to be an ally, but they don't want to do both of those things at the same time, right? They want to either align with, but not really support, right? Because support actually, and you hear me say this all the time, puts action behind our conviction and behind our intention. You can't be an ally with just conviction. You can't be an ally with just intention. You have to be an ally that actually puts action behind conviction and intention. And so you can't just align. You have to support. Those are two different things, right? Like you can align, right? Aligning with something is um, putting in, in the summer of 2020, putting a, uh, a black square on your Instagram profile, which round of applause if you did that. I mean, that was a big first step for a lot of people. That, that's aligning, right? I'm going I'm to put a black square. I'm going to listen and lift up black voices. That's great. That's an ally. But what that doesn't do is support. When you support, you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? And now you got to actually like, like put your resources behind that cause. So th- this is where I, w- I want you to begin to think about the definition and where you sit. Do you just align or do you actually align and support the cause? Let's go to, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, the humanitarian crisis in the Middle East, right? We've got a humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan. Everyone's up in arms. Everyone is very much aligned together. I mean, you have people on the left and the right. Everyone's aligned. This is horrible. We got to fix this. But what about the support when they landed here? The amount of people I know that work with humanitarian nonprofits that said, we thought we were going to be flooded with people helping after all the, all that we saw on Instagram and Facebook. And we are begging people in these communities to come serve. We're begging people to come help because people were aligned. They weren't supporting. That's why it's so important. You have to embrace the definition of an ally. An ally is someone that aligns with and supports the cause with another individual or group of people. That's the first thing. The first step you've got to do in order to really be a great ally is not only define the definition, but embrace the definition. So how do we embrace it? Like what, what exactly can we specifically do to embrace the definition of being an ally, right? How how do we do it? Well, here's, here's a couple, couple ideas. Let's rewind to like the origin of the word ally. Okay. The word ally comes from the Latin word aligare. (laughs) You like I said that? Aligare, which means to bind to. Okay. This is a horrible Italian accent. I apologize to any Italian listeners that I have, Uh, but it is defined as an individual country or organization that unites, right? Like with, with like a mutual benefit. Okay. Uh, So simply put again, an ally is anyone who supports or empowers another group of people. So if you got an ally, you have someone that's on your side, right? Like your spouse should be your ally. Nations in war times, 
Like it's very, you, you always hear like the allied attack, right? We have allies, World War II. You talk about the allies. We know that these are people that are on your side. They're going to act together. They're going to protect one another. But, you know, I think a lot of times we can, we can get into this thinking that being an ally requires like this huge imagination, this huge effort. Like, okay, I'm going to be an ally. Let me go take, let, let me go take like an ally course. You know, uh, somebody's going to sell like a $599 course on how to be a better ally. And then I'm going to get like my ally certificate. I can hang on my wall. No, 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 no. It, you, it, you don't have to do anything to be an ally besides like tiny, small individual acts, right? Small individual acts that over time build into something much bigger. And that, that's really the most important thing I think that I think you can do to be a better ally is do small things every day instead of a big thing some days. Okay. It, it, it's, it's so important that we recognize that allyship isn't just like a single thing. It's not a one-off thing. It takes consistent work over time. I think of it this way. There's this extra gum commercial. Now, if you've ever seen me teach live um, on my book, Moment Maker, I play this video all the time because it really illustrates this example well of, again, small things, consistent small things over time. So this commercial is, it starts off and it shows a little girl um, and her dad. It's like, oh, cute. Like she's probably like eight seven and i don't know she falls and scrapes her knee right and then so the dad's like come here and he like you know pulls out a stick of extra gum gives her the gum and then he takes the wrapper and he makes a little origami flamingo thing crane i think it's crane not flamingo crane same thing and and he hands her the flamingo crane thing right and she takes it and you know the music's playing i'll play a little bit of the music right now behind me and it's like oh this is so beautiful you know and then and then it shows, it fast forwards a couple of years. Now she's like 13. She's skateboarding and she falls um, and skins her knee. And he's like, he goes over there and he's like, come here, baby. And he gives her a stick of extra gum and he bends down and he makes her this origami flamingo crane thing. He hands it to her. And she's like, you know, she, she's like, oh, thank you, daddy, whatever. Then fast forwards again. She's like 16. She's got a boyfriend and she comes home from a date. And she's crying and you could tell, I don't know, maybe the boyfriend broke up with her. Um, and she, he makes, you know, he gives her a stick of gum. You get, you get where it's going. Right. And she's like, Oh, it's beautiful. And he's like, you know, he gives her that thing, the little flamingo. Then it shows, I don't know. She's like 18 or 19 and she's moving out of the house. <laughs> I'm going to cry. And let me tell you what happens as she is moving out of the freaking house. He's carrying a box. And the box, as he's loading it into the back of the station wagon, yes, it's a station wagon. The, the dad now has gray hair. The box tips over and falls onto the ground. And out of the box spills hundreds of flamingo crane things made out of extra gum wrappers. I can't. Oh my gosh. She'd saved them. She'd saved the extra gum wrappers. Because he loves your dad. Now, listen, this story hits me different. It hits me different these days because I got a 19-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 15-year-old. I used to show this video when my kids were like 10, 11, and 12, and whatever. It was fine. I was like, why are all these old men crying out in the audience? And now I'm like, oh, my gosh. But can I tell you how we can tie that back in? Yeah. Go look it up. Go look extra gum 
flamingo or crane commercial on YouTube. It'll make you cry. But let me tell you what it is. What, what I wanted to do in that moment was I wanted to, I wanted to, well, I mean, I actually did. Like I went to Walgreens and I grabbed a pack of extra gum and I learned how to make an origami flamingo crane thing on a YouTube video. And I waited for one of my kids to start crying. This was like 10 years ago and I gave her one, but I never, well, what I was trying to do was like cheat time, right? I was trying to cheat time. I wanted to have the moment that the dad had in the video, but I wanted to have it right then and there. But the, the thing is, is that the moment that I craved was after years and years of consistent actions over time. And that is how we have to be allies. So many people want to cheat, right? They want to get to the end of the extra gum ally commercial and they want to feel that feeling at the end. But the truth is, this is a lifelong process of building relationships, okay? And these relationships are going to be based on trust, consistency, and accountability. It's a lifelong process of trust, consistency, and accountability. Trust, consistency, and accountability. And what will happen one day, and this is the beautiful thing, what will happen one day is, is maybe it's going to be in a decade, maybe it's going to be in 20 years, but you will have lived a life of allyship of these tiny little moments that you give out over and over consistently over and over again, tiny ones, things that nobody else knows about things that you're not Instagramming things that people aren't talking about on, on social media. No, these are things that nobody knows about, but those who you are being an ally with. And when you are consistent with your trust, your consistency and your accountability with these groups of people, one day, one day it's going to spill all over. I promise you. And you're going to see all the true fruit of your allyship spill everywhere and you're going to see it touch some people. So I'm just letting you know that one of the main things that you need to do is realize that this isn't some huge plan. No, this is small acts over time. And then another thing when it comes to, you know, really sitting and, and embracing what it means to be a, embracing the definition of allyship is it's not self-defined, right? Like, like you can't define it just yourself. You can't like listen to my podcast and be like, okay, Carlos says these five things. I'm going to go be an ally now. Now, it, this is a good start. I think this is a great start, but what you got to do is not self-define it. You got to make sure that you go ask the individuals that you're seeking to be an ally with. So like, like say for instance, you want to go be an ally for um, athletes in the special Olympics. Okay. Or the Paralympics. What you have to do is not make the definition, not define it yourself, but go ask them, what does it look like for them to think and see you as an ally? Okay. You can't define it yourself. And then also, I, I just believe if you're going to embrace this, you got to make sure that you continue to grow and learn about yourself, right? Like this isn't just a one-way thing. Like we can grow ourselves as we're being allies with other people. So really embrace the definition of what it means to be an ally. Really simply, an ally is anybody who supports or empowers another person or group. And then within that, make sure that you realize that this is going to be a long time coming, tiny moments that you give actionable steps over time, right? It's based on trust, consistency, and accountability. It's not self-defined, right? Like you don't define it yourself. You got to make sure that it's defined by the group you're seeking to be an ally with and make sure that you continue to grow 
yourself because this is something that can make you better as well. That's the first thing, the first way that you can work to be a better ally. Let's go to step number two. Step number two, I mean, you can just rewind back to episode number two. Episode number two of this podcast of, of called Human Hope. I mean, this is way back when I started was all about empathy. I, I can't remember the title. I think it was like, can empathy help heal racism, sexism, and all the badisms or something like that? And yes, I believe that step number two has to, it deals with empathy. Let's call it, make it personal. Make it personal. Write that down. What, what do I mean by that? Well, obviously I'm talking about empathy here. I, I just, I think we all understand that it's not only the job of the people group um, that is in need of allies to continuously right, speak out against all forms of segregation or misrepresentation or racism or whatever it may be. Okay. Uh, I think that it has to get, has to, has to get personal. Um, there's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. That, that says this, and this is so, so important. I think once it gets personal, once it get once, once it really moves from sympathy to empathy, then, then I think that this is when it moves from a revolt to a revolution. And I love how Martin Luther King Jr. says this. He says, a social movement that only moves people is merely a revolt. All right. Now hear that again. A social movement that only moves people is merely a revolt. A movement that changes both people and institutions is a revolution. I'm going to, I'm going to read that again because I need you guys to hit, look at, let me drop a mic, drop the mic. Actually, it wasn't a mic. I wouldn't do that to my mic, but it was something on my desk. Let's read it again. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. A social movement that only moves people is merely a revolt. A movement that changes both people and institutions is a revolution. And can I tell you something? The only way that you're going to turn something into a revolution is literally to become an ally and make it personal. Get that empathy muscle stronger. Okay. You want to honor and value someone else's struggle as if it were your own even if you haven't been there yourself. And that's what's so hard about empathy, right? It, it really is. Um, Brene Brown's definition of empathy. I love it. Empathy is connecting with people so we know we're not alone when we're in the struggle. Empathy is a way to connect the emotion to another, excuse me, Empathy is a way to connect to the emotion another person is experiencing. It doesn't require that we have experienced the same situation they're going through. Now, let's let's take out the word empathy and I want to replace it with allyship. Ready? Watch. It really works. Allyship is connecting with people so we know we're not alone. When we're in struggle, allyship is a way to connect the emotion another person is experiencing. It doesn't require that we have experienced the same situation they are going through. Again, Brene Brown, thank you for that because that is allyship. It's truly what happens. It's so, so important. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just go back to my own story. You know, there, there's, a, there's, there's a group of, of uh, black church members at our church. You know, our, our church is a primarily white church. It's like a lot of evangelical churches in the South. And... Um, there, there's more and more people of color that go to our church. And I love that. Uh, but back when everything was happening in summer 2020, like there was this text thread that was going around and the text thread 
was honestly was just with the black people in our church. Not all the black people, but just like our friend group. And we were feeling things that nobody was talking about. And it was so hard. It was so hard because, you know, something would happen in culture, right? Somebody would get shot, something, something horrible would happen to where we would have a traumatic experience as a group together of black people at our church. But then when we'd come into church, now remember, this is our church has come a long way with this. I'm so grateful with the work our church has done. But when we come into church, like nobody would like come up and talk to me about it. Everyone's like, hey, what's going on? You know, uh, how's life? And I'm like, well, did you not just see what happened in Orlando Castile? I mean, this is, we're going, I'm going back 2018, 2017, 2019. Oh man, like, how's it going? Well, did you not see what happened to like, like, it, and, and again, this was, this was before people were really, I mean, 2020, the summer of 2020, it, as horrible as it was, it was such a gift to me and my relationship it was such a gift, honestly, to my church because not, I, I was just looking for people in the pews. Right. But then I started to see people on the stage speak out in empathy and allyship with me. And I'm telling you what, I, I'm a lifer in my church. Now you cut me, I bleed belonging. Like they are allies, but, but that wasn't always the case, right? Because you have to, you have to learn to be an ally. You have to learn to really flex and exercise that empathy muscle, especially for people groups that, that, that you don't necessarily have to have to look at every day. Like if you're existing in your own bubble, it's hard to have empathy. I really encourage you guys to go back to episode two and listen to my empathy podcast. I mean, like right when this is done, if you haven't gone, uh, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. If you listen to it, listen to it again, because it talks about busting out of your bubble. It talks about doing all of these things that really can grow the empathy. You know, like if you're just surrounded by people that look like you, think like you, talk like you, vote like you, then I promise you, you are not growing in your empathy. But once you start surrounding yourself and, and purposely going out to find people that don't look like you, talk like you, think like you, vote like you, eat like you, I promise you at that point, you are going to start seeing that empathy muscle build and it's going to get personal, which is the second point here in this conversation. It's got to get personal. We have to get it personal. So, it's that simple, right? Like we, 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 we define and we embrace the definition of empathy and then we get personal and we allow it, this is step two, to grow our empathy muscle. And once we start feeling with, right? Feeling bad with somebody instead of feeling bad for somebody, then you become a better ally. Now, listen, before I give you guys the last three steps of becoming a better ally, I want to talk about some partners that we have here on the Human Hope Podcast. This podcast would not happen without these partners. So if you guys wouldn't mind, please support these partners. It helps support the show. Our next partner has a product I literally use every single day. Listen, I wake up in the morning, I walk to the fridge, I pull out my little athletic greens bag and I take my scooper, pour it in some water, mix it up and I get that. It's like a bright, can something taste bright? It tastes bright and tropical as I throw it down. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I feel so much better when I have my athletic greens. You know when you drink your coffee and you get that initial like, pow, wow, the life is amazing. And then it goes away because the coffee goes away, the caffeine. Athletic greens keeps you feeling that way all day long. 
I literally started taking Athletic Greens because I travel so much. I can't get it in my diet. My wife is an incredible cook. She cooks so healthy, but I'm not around her all the time. So I started taking it. What's in it? 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, all sorts of incredible things. This thing, it helps with my gut. You guys know that I've had problems with my gut and I have felt my gut heal even more when I started taking Athletic Greens. All kinds of other stuff that it helps with. But let me tell you something. Okay, it tastes amazing and and I take it with me when I travel. That is one of the biggest things for me. When I travel, it's just a little scoop that I take one time a day. Although I don't have to take like 10 multivitamins, just my athletic greens. It's super important, okay, that that you, you, you take some sort of multivitamin on a daily basis. I think that athletic greens is the way to do it. They've got over 7,000 five-star reviews, okay? They're trusted by Tim Ferriss, some people that you guys trust. And also, it costs you less than three bucks a day. I mean, you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than, than that cup of coffee that I get every single day. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system as we head into this flu season. Okay, this is, they made it easy for you guys. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Once again, athleticgreens.com slash human hope. And our last partners of the day is stamps.com. I don't know about you, but I do not want to go to the post office right now. Like I, I rarely want to go to the post office. Nothing is people that work at the post office. Okay. But like people are just grumpy there that are in line. Okay. I don't want to be, I don't have to deal with that. And so I know, I know I probably need to go to therapy, go to my betterhelp.com uh, therapist for this one, but I've got to figure out a way that I cannot be around grumpy people in the holidays. Stamps.com is the way that I cannot be around them. Okay. I get to print labels. I get to compare rates. I get to access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It literally just makes sense, especially if you're sending more and more mail and packages during this holiday season. So if you're selling online, if you're running an office, if you got a side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during this season. Okay. So listen, again, I said this last week, if you like going upstairs, that's fine. You can do it. But if you want to take an elevator and escalator, it's a lot easier. That's what stamps.com does for us. And this is what you guys can do. They've given something to the human hope family. If you go to stamps.com and you sign up with the promo code human hope, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and you get a free scale. That's right. They send you stuff with no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code human hope. All right. Now back to the show. Number three, the third thing we can do to become better allies is we're going to call this lesson up. Everyone say it together. Ready? Lesson up. No, you didn't say it. I'll say it with me. Ready? Lesson up. That's right. Lesson up. Okay. I need you guys to lessen up yourselves so that you literally can recognize, got to recognize and name two things, recognize and name what needs to change in the partnership, the allyship that you've got. You, you have to educate yourself. Okay. You have to educate yourself about the realities that are happening it could be in racism, discrimination, sexism, whatever it may be, ageism. Okay. There's a lot of ageism. 
There's a lot of um, demographics of our society that need allies. I would definitely say aging boomer adults need allies right now. I'm talking about white ones, black ones. The aging boomers need allies. They need people to come beside them and to educate themselves about, guess what? They have worked so hard. They have learned, they've sacrificed so much. And now what's ending up happening is because the family dynamic looks different in America than it does around the world, we're, we're starting to, it, we, we live in a very selfish um, family structure and system here in this country. When you, when you look at like Italy, you look at places in Europe, like the family sticks together. Well, that, that's not the case and it's becoming less and less. And so now we're seeing this large booming group of people, uh, the elderly that need allies to say, no, this isn't, we've got to take better care of them. You see, but, but we've got to learn about the realities and it's so hard. You know, sometimes I think that we just want to get like the, the surface stuff, like the headlines, right? Oh, like I saw a headline. That's why I'm going to be an ally. No, like you've got to educate yourself about the realities. That's the place that you need to start. So before you jump in, before you hop in feet first into whatever allyship it is that you that that's brewing in your heart, it's so important that you've got to look about to the history. You got to look at statistics. Now, these are things that I'm not very good at. When I go speak um, and I do like my DEI talks, right? So like I go in, corporations will have me come in and teach on diversity, equity, inclusion. I tell them before I even go in there, I am not the data guy. Like I, if you're looking for like a data, diversity, equity, inclusion guy, that's not me. I'm the story guy. I'm going to tell you my story and we're going to learn from my reality. Now, does that mean that it's not important? To learn from the data guy? No, they book them too. It's just not me. So that's why it's important for, you know, to listen and be inspired by a podcast like this where you're going to get, okay, Carlos has given me like five steps. Then you want to go and you you want to find somebody with the data, with the facts, with the, the stuff that's going to educate you so that you can call things out when you see them, right? Like like being, being an uh, ally to the black community, goes way farther than just like police brutality, right? Like that's like, that's what we've heard of. And we just think that's it, okay? But being an ally literally hops into every single aspect of society. Like we've got to look deep down in the roots. All right, let's, let's talk about racism in America. Let's for just a second talk about like just black people in your community. Like I think it's important that this is a question you can ask yourself. Do you know, do you know how many black people there are in your business? Do you know how many black people there are in your city? Do, do you know, like, are you, is this something that you're aware of? I would say if it's not, that would be a great place to start. I, I'm not judging you, but it, I'm, I'm assuming most people don't know that statistic. Go and find it. And then suddenly that number becomes a person, Right. Like a number is not a number, a number is a person. And so when you hear numbers, when you hear statistics, know that those are people. Okay, so in order to really be effective in calling out things that need to be changed, you've got to educate yourself. So a couple of things we can do. First of all, learn from others about what they have faced, right? Learn from others about their struggles, right? So reach out to somebody else and ask them, start with them. Okay. You learn from them. Okay. And, and, and also please 
ask people for permission. Like, don't just be like, hey, black guy. Hey, person from Pakistan. Hey, whatever it is. Like, no, 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 no. I like, like, just use some semblance of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it, I've lost it for a second. Um, just common sense, okay? Social cues. So make sure that you're asking people about their struggles. Um, also, I'd say like really approach with humility and and like a learning mindset, right? Um, and, and I think that humility is going to be important as well. Remember, it's not anyone else's responsibility to teach you about whatever ism that they're dealing with as you're learning to be an ally. Um, this is actually something that's really, really important. Don't generalize the experiences of whoever it is you want to be an ally with. Again, we'll continue to use uh, the main source of allyship that we're seeing in America today. Uh, white people becoming allies with blacks. Okay. D don't generalize it, right? Because here's the truth. Not every black person has had the same experience. There are plenty of black people, a lot of black people that are on the, the right side of the aisle as there are on the left side of the aisle, right? Uh, you're actually seeing more and more blacks begin to vote on the, the on in in the conservative party and there's reasons for that so so like you can't assume oh you're black you're a democrat right like that that's an assumption that you can't take so like don't generalize those experiences just remember that every single member of whatever community you're looking for they have different experiences so get to know a lot of them get to know a lot of people get to know more than just the few that are around you and i promise when you get to know them when you educate yourself you're gonna be like hey i've got a wider view now i've got a better understanding and that education begins to pay off so step one embrace the definition of what it means to be an ally right step two you want to step into that empathy. You want it to get personal, right? And step three, lesson up. That's what we're doing. We're lessening up. We're learning. Uh, and then we've got two more. Lose the comfort. Lose it. Lose the comfort. I, I, risk in order to rescue, whatever it is. If you're comfortable, if you're comfortable in your allyship, I, I need to tell you, you're probably not being the best ally you can be right? If you are comfortable, you're probably not being the best version of an ally you can be. What does that mean? Uh, I'm, I'm saying that once you get comfortable, okay, there's nothing wrong with like, oh, like I'm in a rhythm. I'm in a flow. Like this feels good. I'm an ally. Well, I would say, okay, well then what do you need to do to get even more uncomfortable? Because you can never fight enough for a people group that need it. I've got a, a perfect example of this. Um, I, I've talked about my, I talk about my church all the time here and, um, watching my pastors become such incredible allies is, is something that honestly has changed me forever. And, you know, has, has made me believe, uh, just, just believe in the best when it comes to, you no, know, absolutely anybody. You see, see my pastors, they're from Australia. So they come from a culture that doesn't have the historical racism that we find here in America, right? Yes, there's racism in Australia. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that um, they, they come from a place where they, they don't have the historical racism that we find here in America. Well, during, okay, during 2020, my pastors, these my two white Australian pastors 
would check in on me and they, they I felt so loved by them. But when I get depleted, when I'm, when I was so depleted, especially this year, like right after, um, oh, I want to say maybe it was during the Derek Chauvin trial. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I, I think, I think that's when it was. I was, I, I walked into church just exhausted, depleted. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. Like my pastor, Alex, she's up there on stage and she sees me. This is in the middle of her sermon. And she's like, you know what? Carlos, come up here. Uh, what a horrible example of an accent. But she calls me on stage and she, now, now here's the thing. Remember, remember, I am, I'm like at this point in time, blatantly educating people on anti-racism work, on what does it look like to kind of destroy systemic racism. I am talking about very touchy subject matters. And there are a lot of people in my own church that completely disagree with me, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going there so people can agree with me. I'm going there because I love my church and because I've never been to another church like this. It's literally the best church I've ever been to. And they pulled me on stage and they said, listen, our black brothers and sisters in this church are hurting right now. And so we're just going to pray for them. And Carlos, here's the mic. Is there anything you'd like to say? Now, all they did was love me and support me. They didn't say, hey, we're going to bring him up here because we agree with everything he says. They didn't say, hey, we're going to. No, they were an ally and they got uncomfortable and took a risk. And that fueled and poured breath into my lungs that I desperately needed that I didn't even know I needed. Right. You know, sometimes like you don't even know you're holding your breath until you let out until you take a deep breath. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I was holding my breath. I didn't even know I was holding my breath. That's what I felt. It, it was one of the most powerful moments, but to be planted in a church that literally prays for me and those of us experiencing the battle on a daily basis, this is, this is, it's what it looks like. It's, it, it was empathy in action. And, uh, and I know they got a lot of pushback from it. They did. They got a lot of pushback from it. Oh, Carlos is a whatever, trying to destroy the fabric of the American family, Marxist, blah, blah, blah. But listen, I, I, I mean, honestly, like I, I, I don't even, well, I do, but my, like where my pastors like stand politically, we don't see everything eye to eye, but what we do see eye to eye is each other, right? We need to be looking each other eye to eye and they took a risk. I, I just think that's a perfect example. It's a beautiful picture of um, of, of this this point that I'm talking about. It's is a beautiful, perfect example of what it means to lose the comfort, lose it, get uncomfortable. When you get uncomfortable, you become a better ally. And they got uncomfortable, and they had to face some backlash. And I'm forever grateful. And and I'm telling you, I will. I will defend them to the ends of the earth. And I do. I love my church. I love you, Alex. I love you, Henry. I love you, the belonging. You've changed my life and you've changed so many people's lives. And I'm so grateful for you. So there is step number four, lose the comfort. And let's get to that last step. Step number five on how to be a better ally is simple. Get in the game. Get in the game. I really appreciate, I do. I appreciate people on the sidelines cheering. 
I appreciate people in the stands cheering. I do. I appreciate people cheering for me. I do. I lo- I'm a words of affirmation guy. I love it. I love your cheering. I love your DMs telling me how awesome you think something that I wrote was. I love it when my mom would stand on the sidelines and cheer. I, I, I love cheering for people too. I loved a couple weeks ago when my wife and my daughter ran the Nashville Marathon, all 26.2 miles, and I stood on the sidelines and I cheered. They would say that my cheering definitely helped. My cheering helped. But my cheering did nothing to move their legs forward. That was purely and solely them. Now, this doesn't really work with a race. It works a little bit better with the team sport. So let's let's rewind back to some of that. You're on a football field. People on the sidelines cannot advance the ball forward, right? Like they can't. They can motivate you to maybe run a little harder, but they can't advance the ball forward. I need, we need every group, people group that needs an ally needs people that will get on the field and advance the ball forward. Get in the game. That is what needs to happen. So what are some simple ways that you guys can get in the game? First of all, um, if you see something, if you see something, say something. Okay. Like literally look out constantly for gaslighting. If you see somebody's gaslighting somebody else, call it out, right? And and I, I would also say, if you witness some sort of discrimination, okay, don't don't just like wait till later to do something about it, right? A lot of times it's like, okay, I'm going to see that happen, then I'm going to go up to them later and let them know. No, no, step in immediately. You don't know the amount of times I've stepped in immediately and it's been so uncomfortable when I've stepped in to be an ally for my own people group. And it's made everyone else in the room really uncomfortable, but I, you have to step in, in the moment, right? See something, say something, keep an eye out, keep an ear out, keep a heart out looking for people that are saying racist things or sexist things and like immediately shut it down. And I would say also make sure that you shut it down when there's not people of whoever you're being an ally for in the room, right? If, if there's sexist jokes being told and there's no women in the room, shut it down. If there's racist jokes being told in the room and there's no one of that race in the room, shut it down, right? Like literally say something, say something. I, I would also say, what, what, what if, this is very helpful, what if you find somebody in the group that you're being an ally for and you mentor them, right? Like if you're farther along in career or in success or in life, find someone and mentor them. That, that, that's the action behind the intention, right? Mentor, be a mentor. Uh, I would also say like, make sure that you're bringing diversity to the table. Okay, look at your team and say, you know what? We need more diversity on the team. We need more. And I'm again, I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about gender. I'm talking about people with abilities. I'm talking about age. It's so important that we have diverse tables of leadership as well. Okay. So make sure that you're bringing diversity into it as well. And then also just make sure that they know the people that you're an ally know that you are trusted and that they they can come to you and confide in you about anything, about anything that they're facing, that you become a confidant. Friends, those are ways that you guys can be a better ally. I know that's a lot. 
right? I know it's a lot. Let's go over them real quickly again. Number one, make sure that you define and embrace the definition of an ally, right? Number two, make it personal. Number three, lessen up. Number four, lose the comfort. And number five, get in the game. You guys, we did it. We are there. We hit episode 41. And next week is Christmas time. So we are taking a week off of the Human Hope Podcast. Actually, the next two weeks are going to be two weeks. We're going to be taking off. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying my time with my family. I'm going to try to be an ally to them. Uh, but I would, I would really. You know, I would really love it if you guys would let me know personally. Email me, Carlos at carloswhitaker.com. DM me, whatever it is. I'll try to get to as many as I can. And let me know some steps you're taking on being an ally. And, and thanks for letting me do this. Like, I really enjoyed just me talking to you guys. I'm probably going to do this a little bit longer. Also, uh, more often in 2022, we've got some big, big plans uh, for 2022. I would love for you guys to let me know. Uh, what sort of shows you guys like, like what were some of your favorite shows of 2021? So, I mean, this is the only year we've ever done this, but what were some of your favorite shows? Uh, let me know. I'll, I'd love to maybe do more of those. You know, we've, we've had a, a whole bunch of different types of shows, right? We've had some of these shows where I just teach myself. We have some shows where I interview famous people. I've had some shows where I interview, you know, authors. I've had some shows where I interview strangers. I've had some shows where it's just my wife and I uh, having a conversation, my kids and I have a conversation. What I would just love to know what are more, what's more content you'd love to see to come out of human hope because we've got big plans uh for human hope in 2022 i mean i'm talking about plans that you're gonna be like whoa carlos well, wait a second you may want to take it back a notch like you're not oprah well listen i know i'm not oprah but i'm carlos and i know that i love this with a passion i love my listeners thank you guys so so much for supporting this podcast please let your friends and family know about the human hope podcast call your grandmama call your aunt your uncle your cousins whoever it may be even if they can't you know um if, if they don't have the attention span of longer than 10 minutes tell them that there's 10 minutes in the human hope podcast that can help them it really helps the show please leave a review on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever it is you listen to podcasts it really helps the show check out my show partners sponsors please support them so they can continue to support us and i can't believe i'm saying this but from the Human Hope family, the Human Hope team, Carlos Enrique with the Ed Guzman and Chibola Cabello. I will see you guys next year on the next season. Is it a season or just a year? I mean, I don't know. We could call it a season. Everyone else had podcast seasons. My podcast seasons just happened to last a freaking year. I'll see you next year on the next episode of Human Hope. Hope.